welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste. I am so excited for today's special bonus episode in honor of Mother's Day. So I am recording this remotely from Bodrum, Turkey, where I'm weathering out the global health crisis. But I had this episode recorded with my mother, performance poet and writer Rhonda Lee, from the Eaton DC radio station. And I thought, what a perfect time to release it for Mother's Day, since I had my own mother as a guest host in studio. So the topic was EFT and tapping, which is a great modality for releasing triggers from PTSD or anger or sadness or fear, but it's also a lighthearted, fun episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. I'd like to give a shout out to all the mothers out there and grandmothers and daughters and sons and aunties and friends who are celebrating to my own amazing stepmother, Shirley, my beautiful children who I wish I could be with, Austin and Alexa, my godmother, Susan, and everybody else out there who is celebrating. I hope you enjoy your day and I hope you enjoy this episode. So for those of you who are new listening today, um, I encourage you to go back to the very first episode where I kind of lay out everything that we're going to be covering and who I am and why you should kind of care to listen to me. But basically everything is going to come to you at a 101 level. So we're going to talk about chakras and um, today we're going to actually talk about tapping or EFT. Um, but before we go into that, I wanted to introduce my guest today. I'm so excited. Uh, for those of you who've been following me since the beginning, I talk about how yeah, although as an adult, I grew up kind of a Potomac housewife, you know, country club, uh, ladies lunch tennis player. I grew up a little bit of a hippie child in a commune style life with my mom, who's a single mom. Um, and she was amazing. She's a badass performance poet. She has degrees in French and journalism and uh, went to school at the Sorbonne and played guitar in the Metro to make money. And she's literally the strongest, most fierce woman I know. So I would like to introduce you all today to my mom, Rhonda. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. <laughs> she's super, super sweet and quiet, but uh, don't let it fool you because she's crazy, crazy fierce. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to have her on the show today because although my life has taken many different directions, um, she really was my foundation. You know, we imprint on the who raises us, and she was the woman figure. And she comes from a long, strong line of women. Her mom is incredibly fierce. Her grandmother was incredibly fierce. Very independent, strong, educated women. Um, but I wanted her to kind of shed some light when I say I grew up as a little hippie child. Some of the things that kind of meant. And the reason I say that is because I kind of lost touch with my spirituality and kind of the gifts I've given. I'm an intuitive. I do energy healing. Um, I can do some uh, mediumship. But I didn't know that for about 30 years of my life. So when I had my kind of spiritual awakening through my cancer treatment and some pretty traumatic events, and I was sharing this with my mom, like, oh my gosh, like this was new information to me. Guess what I can do? Guess what is happening to me? And she's like, you've been doing that since you were little. I'm like, what are you talking about? So do you mind sharing with us some of the I, stories you told me? I am the reality base. So I can take <laughs> you through a couple of years from Michelle's early life that have that relate to what she's doing now. Um, when we moved to Madison, Wisconsin, is that okay to say? No, totally. Yeah. Um, we lived downtown and there was very little student housing. There were like no kids downtown. There was one other child that I'll come to in a bit. But um, 
there were really old dilapidated houses that had been divided up into apartments. And um, Michelle was three. And I was telling her who else would be living in the building because there would be t two women um, living kind of behind us on the same floor. And there would be another woman living up above us with her dog, all sharing the same shower on the second floor. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have our own shower or bathroom in our apartment. <laughs> when I say grew up humble, I'm talking free hot lunch program, government cheese, the whole deal. So, so Michelle is three and she sees who's coming up the walk, one of our new neighbors, the ones who live behind us. And she said, it's Marion and her boyfriend. And I'm just taken aback and I look and I said, oh, um, the second person's name is Sarah. And Michelle turned out to be right. <laughs> I was not introduced to life in Madison, Wisconsin, which is very, um, uh, has always been very. So basically, yeah. you're saying that Mary and, and Sarah was they're, they're a lesbian couple. Was her boyfriend. So at yeah. three years old, yeah. I didn't understand, <laughs> you know, what lesbian meant. I just knew that this was a loving, romantic couple. So it must be her husband. Yeah. Meanwhile, nobody under, you know, yeah. explained to me what being a lesbian was or, or anything like that. So I just like, no, no, they're married. This is her husband. <laughs> so, so how we came to have a commune-like existence was. She, Michelle, through the screen window of our front room, which was a, a sun porch um, originally for the house, had a meaningful conversation with a young man who came to the door canvassing for someone running for office and totally made friends with him, made friends with his brother. The, they're the Ravenscroft brothers who lived in the New Wine Commune, and it was the head of the New Wine Commune who had was running for yeah. for office. It was a lot of fun. It was it was a great place to kind of grow up and it exposed me to things that a lot of my contemporaries I think weren't. You know, my dad um, was part of the Republican presidential task force and was very <laughs> like mainstream, but I grew up with my mom and I had, you know, my godfather's Chuck and Chuck and I had like people I would meet on the street and people I met <laughs> through the commune that ended up being our friends for years and years and you know, we volunteered at a co-op and cooking together and it was really food. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm a light worker and I'm an intuitive. So as a child, I would be able to build connections with people that normally you would never expect because I am a light worker and I would tune into kind of like their soul's history and their whole personality without them knowing. And sometimes it freaked people out. Sometimes I didn't understand why I was doing the things I was doing. Um, but you also said kindergarten. Tell about the, the. She had to take an exam the summer before she started kindergarten to see if she was ready. I was only four, like barely four. Barely four, yeah. And um, she had to write her her letters, which I hadn't taught her. She had to draw a picture of herself, and it was an uh, an egg shape with ray sun rays coming all, shooting all out at all <laughs> angles. So it did, it looked like an egg-shaped sun was the, was the self-portrait that yeah. she drew. And she flunked the test, but the um, test, the woman who was doing the testing was so taken with her that she, <laughs> she said, she's ready, she's ready. So for, for a school. long time, I would draw people <laughs> by the color of their aura. 
And I didn't realize that was weird, you know, and I had colors for all the days of the week and I had colors for energy. And I didn't realize that, that was weird until, you know, probably five or six or seven when kids start to tease you. And, um, and then it all started to get buried. And I, I actually had a traumatic event when I was 11. I had a, a brother and sister killed in a car accident and it kind of shut down my spirituality and made me um, just kind of forget everything about it for years and years. So, but I grew up really, really in tune and so many kids are so many of us, uh, a lot of you probably who are listening to this podcast, if you're still with us right now, it's because you're interested in this kind of thing. And a lot of times it's because you're just remembering things that you knew before you came into this life, or maybe things that you knew when you were a child that you forgot over the years because a parent or a teacher or a child told you it was weird or made fun of you or somehow said something that um, it kind of wired you to hide it because we didn't want, we don't want to feel ashamed or we don't want to feel different. Um, and a lot of times it does come from ridicule. So we hide these things. So that is going to lead me into what our topic is today. And our topic is EFT. And I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Basically what EFT is, is it's tapping. And it was, it became pretty popular with Wayne Dyer and Nick Ortner. Um, again, this is a one-on-one -on -one level. So I'm going to kind of explain to you what it is. And if you're interested in it, if it resonates with you, then I encourage you to go online or go to YouTube and look at some of the videos. And if it resonates, continue down that path because EFT can be a very, very effective way of healing and forgiving and uh, forgiving and releasing tension. So again, EFT means emotional freedom technique, and it's a great therapy for releasing and healing pain and emotions that maybe you buried as a child. Um, and the reason I say as a child is because very often in life, when something happens, a trigger, like we talk a lot about FOMO these days, right? The fear of missing out. And a lot of that FOMO comes from when you're not in a great place, you might think you're in a great place, but for whatever reason, it triggers something and it makes you feel left out. It makes you sad. It makes you angry. It makes you have all these different emotions. It's usually a trigger back to something that happened in your childhood that made you feel not important or left out or not loved. So the fear of missing out, um, when you're in a really great place and you're feeling secure and happy, and you see something, you're like, oh God, it might've been nice to be invited to that, but I hope they had a good time because I'm really happy where I am right now. So how EFT goes to that is it's a way of tapping on energy meridians that we have in our body. And I've spoken about en energy meridians before because that's what chakras are. Chakras are just energy meridians that run up and down our spine. There's nothing like crazy uh, woo woo about it. And the EFT taps on meridians as well. Now in acupuncture, they use 14 different meridians to release energy and to heal. With tapping, we tap on 10 of those meridians. And it's a really simple technique. You actually do tap. You can do it yourself. Very easy to learn. You can go online and learn it yourself. Or you can work with a therapist. And a therapist is more if you have like deeper issues, deeper concerns that you want to work on. And they'll either show you how to do it or they'll tap on you. So I'll just give you an idea. Um, and uh, again, there's a lot of scientific research that supports this. So this is the 101 level. And as you know, it's called you lost me at namaste because I really believe in balance. Um, I came in on a Zadig Voltaire snakeskin jacket today and my Gucci sunglasses, but at the same time I have my granola mom and you know, it's, everything is about balance. So how tapping works is you literally tap on these energy meridians. So there's one on the top of your head. There's right where your eyebrows meet your nose bridge, just on the side of your eye with the orbital bone, 
just below your eye, the bone below your nose, above your lip, just below your lip. And then you go down kind of just below your collarbone, under your arm, on your wrist. Again, I'll go over this more later if we have time. Otherwise, go online and look at this. It's super easy. So when you do it, you tap on it and you say things. My favorite thing, I worked with a therapist for a long time on this, I'll be honest. So when I first got divorced, um, I was dealing with some PTSD issues from things that had happened in the past. And I worked with a therapist. I'm like, this is crazy. This is not going to work. Like, I, what are we doing? I'm not saying this stuff. And let me tell you, it worked like crazy. It worked so well at releasing these triggers and um, making me feel just more relaxed and loved that when I got cancer and had pain, I went back and did this again to help release the pain. And I really, really was able to just release that pain. So my favorite thing, very, very simple. And um, for those of you who are watching on video, great. For those of you who are listening, I'll just tell you what I'm doing. Basically say, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And as I'm saying this, I'm tapping on my head, my eyes, every place I just told you. So I deeply and completely love and accept myself. 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 And you go through that, through all the different meridians. And as you do, it releases the energy from there. Usually when you're working with a practitioner or you're working on it yourself, there's something you want to release, right? So going back to the FOMO, what is causing the FOMO? For me, possibly it's sadness. It's feeling not important. So um, something, you know, that I might say, you know, is even though I am feeling sad and completely left out, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though I'm feeling sad and unimportant, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And you go through how you're feeling. So you might say, well, wait a minute. I've heard like, you know, the law of attraction, positive attracts positive, negative attracts negative. So why are we saying something negative? Like, why are we um, putting any energy to, towards something negative? Why are you saying that you feel sad or you feel unimportant or you feel not loved or you have pain or whatever it is? Well, the reason why is because first of all, it's brief. We're not like harboring it, but the only way to really heal and let go of it is to accept it. So you have to accept that you have these feelings and accept that you have this pain. Then you have to acknowledge it and then you have to let it go. And so, so often as children, we're taught to hide it and to bury it, bury it down and get over it. Like, just get over it, get over it. You know, whether it's something that happened to you as a child or your boss, your spouse, your friend or a parent, whatever. It's like, get over it, get over it, you know, forgive, let go, let go of it. But we don't really understand what that means. So in tapping, we're accepting it by putting words to it, by putting words to that feeling. And then we're acknowledging it by reinforcing the statements over and over. And then by the end of the tapping, we're letting it go. So it, it can happen in five minutes. It can happen in five weeks of tapping. It really, really depends on how deep the issues are and what you're working on. But scientifically, I've seen like really good results with people in as short as five minutes. And at the very least, like when you first start, you'll give yourself, you'll rate it on a scale of like one to 10. And if it's below a five, I, I wouldn't worry about working on it. If it's above a five, that's the things you really want to work on. Because those are the things that are kind of like deep seated. So you, you put a number to it and then you work on it. And at the end, even at a quick tapping session, it might be a seven, you'll find that it's a five. It might be a nine, you'll find that it's a four. It just depends. But at the very, very least, it does release. So again, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Um, even though I'm feeling sad and left out, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. All of the sadness of feeling not important, I, all of the sadness I feel not important, as you're tapping on the meridians, 
And then by the end, you'll say, I choose to let it go. I choose to figure out what's really going on. I choose to let go. I choose to heal myself. So the terminology, once you start practicing this, it can be anything you want. Just like other forms of meditation and healing, there really isn't a right and wrong way to do it. There are scientific energy meridians. So I encourage you, like I said, go online and look, there's charts, easy to find where these energy meridians are on your face, on your body. But other than that, there's no right or wrong words. So you can just, whatever it is, you can say, as long as you're always putting in there that you deeply and completely love and accept yourself. So, you know, sometimes I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way, or I'm really scared of this test coming up, or I'm really angry at my best friend for leaving me out, or my dad makes me feel not val- that I'm not worthy. I'm not, but it doesn't matter what it is. You just say it. And then you kind of think of ways that you're choosing to heal it, that you're choosing to let it go. And you follow it up with, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And sometimes if I don't know what's going on, I just know that I don't feel good. For me, it's not usually physical pain I use this for. It's more emotional pain. I'll just simply do. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And I'll go into the bathroom. I'll go behind a door. I've done it in my car. I'm tapping on my head. I'm tapping on my eyebrows. I'm tapping on you know, my lip, my collarbone, my wrist, my, the karate chop point of your hand. Um, and I've just found that it works really, really, really well. And what it also does is you know, there's a lot of talk about fight or flight. And the hormones that we release, the stress hormones that we release and cortisol, the fight or flight when we get anxious. And if we can start to replace that with rest and restore. So meditation helps you with that. And EFT is just another tool that you can use to switch from that fight or flight survival mode of fear to rest and restore. And to really heal, we need to rest and restore. So um, I know I've talked a lot about fear. Um, acting in spite of fear. And a lot of fear just isn't, it's not real. Like, you know, if a tiger's chasing you, if there's a fire coming, those are real fear responses. But mostly our fear is fear of the unknown, fear of not being um, loved, fear of not having enough money, fear of social anxiety, all these different things like that. That's not real fear. Those are emotions, but it's not real fear. But it still makes your body produce the same chemicals that it produces when somebody's about to attack you. So we need to learn to kind of release that, just release it and then rest and restore. So EFT tapping is another one of those tools. So if this resonates with you at all, go onto YouTube, look for Nick Ortner or Wayne Dyer or any of the other practitioners that do it. Um, there's, you can go onto Yelp and see who's in your area that might be good. There's people who practice this all over the country and all over the world. So that's kind of my EFT 101. <laughs> Um, mom, you watched some videos with me to kind of prep for this a little bit. I've been doing this for a long time, by the way, but I always prep before the podcast. Um, what did you think of it? I, um, was very impressed with how you could describe to me because I can't see what she's doing. My mom is uh, blind. I forgot to say that. So she, she was very, she, she's one of the most descriptive, accurate descriptive people. And people, a lot of people tried this, but <laughs> she got me to do the right <laughs> acupressure points um, in all the yeah. meridians. And I did feel a lot more relaxed when we were through. Yay. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was having someone who can guide me like that that was the most valuable. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate the feedback. 
Um, you know, I, I love my mom, of course, and she's amazing, but I can still be a bratty child, if I'm going to be completely honest. I can get very frustrated and short-tempered, and then I check myself, like, why am I acting this way? I teach meditation and mindfulness and energy healing, and why am I being a brat with my mom, who's the most kind woman in the world? But, you know, we slip back into that childhood stuff. So I appreciate the feedback. Thank you that I explained that to you well. Um, so another portion of this podcast is uh, we get questions and I give advice, whether it's relationship or diet or, and when I say diet, I mean like alkaline versus acidic and, and things like that. Um, and I got a really great question this week. It was very simple, but I'm thinking you guys might be interested. So it was written to me from Kathy. And it says, when you speak about meditation, you talk about grounding and clearing. What do you mean by this? What does grounding and clearing mean and entail? So thank you, Kathy, for sending in that question. And it's perfect timing because today my mom and I were talking, got in a heavy discussion. I was like, whoa, the energy is like palpable right now. We need to clear it. So I took her up to the roof and we did a grounding and clearing on the roof of my building, which is here in, in the Shaw neighborhood of Washington, D.C., and um, I actually got behind her and grabbed her arms and legs uh, to kind of demonstrate what I wanted her to do to help clear her energy field. But so basically what grounding means is grounding is just connecting to the earth's energy. So there's a lot of different definitions, but the basic really is that we are all connected. Energy is energy, right? So we're all connected to the earth. There's a reason that we feel good when we walk in nature. There's a reason we feel good when we're at the beach or in the mountains. We have this big sky. But if you can put your hands on a tree, like, you know, they joke about tree huggers, but it's true. If you put your hands on a tree and just kind of close your eyes, you can feel the energy. So it takes some practice to kind of tap into this. But at the very least, if you're totally new to this and you think this is all crazy talk and you don't understand, just put your feet in the bare grass one day. When you have some time, just go put your feet in the bare grass, the dirt, and visualize roots coming out of the bottom of your feet, going into the ground and soaking up the energy, kind of like a tree roots soak up groundwater. And if you visualize this, think about those roots from your feet are just kind of anchoring you to the earth and you might feel energy. You'll get a little jolt. And if you don't, that's okay. No problem. It's still happening. It just means it's balancing your energy. It's helping to kind of neutralize your energy and keep you a little bit balanced when you start to feel a little anxious or out of control. So that's what grounding is. It can be super simple, connecting to the earth. And clearing is throughout the day, we all pick up energy from the people around us, the environments we're in, from conversations we have, from emotions, from thoughts. And clearing is clearing out that energy that doesn't belong to us or clearing out energy that doesn't serve us. And so I do a couple really great techniques. Um, some people sage, right? You've heard saging, clearing energy um, from a room or selenite that is like a crystal that helps clear energy. My favorite way is visualizing a white parachute. But basically the parachute, just we did it this morning on the roof, mom, right? Today? Yes, we did. That's yeah. how we cleared. <laughs> so you just visualize mm -hmm. this white parachute under your feet, a few feet under your feet. Mm -hmm. And I um, did not come up with this specific one. I got it from one of my mentors, um, Deborah King, who I love. Again, she has a lot of content on the internet as well. She's out of California. She's world renowned. Um, I actually did some of my master energy healing with her. But you just picture this parachute rising up through the ground, through your feet, going through your body, up into the sky. And as it goes, it's like a coffee filter. It just filters out all that negative energy, all that emotion, all that stuff that's stuck in you that you don't need. And just filtering it out, out, out. And then you visualize your body, this nice white energy body when you're done. And it's a little bit longer than that. Sometimes there's areas that are stuck. But that's the basic of what clearing is. 
Um, there, there's so many different ways that you can clear. Sometimes I will just literally put my hands down and visualize like I'm pulling up a white coffee filter through my feet, through my body, through my head, and then I'm throwing it as far as I can. And everything, all that negative energy, all that negative thoughts is just going with it and clearing my body. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. That's again, very simple, 101 way of answering your clearing. So, um, so mom, we did do this exercise today and that was your first time doing it with me. Do you have any thoughts or comments to add on what it was like? It was awesome. <laughs> I, I did get stuck. I felt a huge wrenching and she stopped at the very moment that I felt a huge wrenching. And she didn't tell me this, by the way, I just felt it because as an energy healer, mm -hmm. when I'm working with people, I can feel where it's stuck. So I literally saw the area in her body, and the colors. And, and redirected. And we redirected it, yeah. <laughs> Immediately. It's the first time I've ever done this with a family member, by the way. So I wasn't sure what to expect. And um, I think it went really well. So didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Well, I have a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> so did you feel like together we were able to clear some of that out? I, I literally felt ill before you did that. I literally felt ill and now I feel um, well and light and happy. And, Yay, yeah. that's mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, thank you for that. So I want to move on to the next step of our podcast. So next mom, I do a mantra. And when I do a mantra for everybody, it's we take these words and I don't do it in Sanskrit. I do it in English, more like an affirmation. And I ask that everybody say it three or four or five times in a row, several times a day. So you say it when you wake up, say it when you brush your teeth, say it when you wash your hands. And you just say this mantra over and over to yourself several times a day for the entire week. So the homework for everybody listening today, there's two mantras. And I'm going to let you decide. And since you can't see to read them, I'm going to give you a choice. I'll read them to you. So one is, I am always connected to power and love. I am always connected to power and love, or I love, honor, and respect myself. I love, honor, and respect myself. I am always connected to power and love. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. Okay. So I would like everybody to write that down, record it on your phone, whatever you need to do. The mantra for this week is, I am always connected to power and love. I am always connected to power and love. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today at You Lost Me at Namaste. Again, I'm Michelle Schoenfeld. If you have any questions that you'd like to answer me to answer on air, feel free to email me at Michelle, that's with two L's, so M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at michelleschoenfeld.com. Again, michelle at michelleschoenfeld.com. I want all of you to know that you are worthy, you are loved, you are enough, you're born for a reason. So until next week, namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.